Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to a, oh, a very special edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. It's one of those where it happens once in a blue moon and you get excited. I'm excited. I'm really excited today because this special edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show is going to be a PWI Women's 100 Reveal Show. We're going to be talking about the PWI Women's 100. I'm super stoked for it. It's been a list that I've been looking forward to. And uh, and I'm going to be talking uh, about it, re- bringing some some scoops, some newsies to use, a, a, a few uh, a few reveals here alongside uh, alongside Kevin McElvey, who is the editor in chief of Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Kevin, thank you very much for being here, and welcome to the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. Yeah, thanks thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about the Women's 100. This has been. You know, been excited to talk about it for weeks, but couldn't say anything until now. So. I know, I know. It, it, we, we've been we've been working on this for a while as well, and I was like, oh, I can't wait to start. This is good stuff. This is great stuff. Um, and uh, of course, you know, the uh, this comes off the heels of uh, of another uh, top five hundred, which was again very successful. Um, but the the women's list, Kevin, hasn't been doesn't have the history let's put it that way as the uh, the top 500 um why t- talk about talk about the history a bit why did uh, PWI decide to do a list for uh for women specifically so as you mentioned it doesn't have the history that the PWI 500 does um the PWI 500 dates back to 1991 who our former publisher and editor in chief Stu Sachs who who I replaced earlier this year Uh, came up with the idea for that list, which is really, I mean, it's every single year without fail, the most talked about issue that we have. But in recent years, you know, the Women's 100 is right up there um, and similarly looked forward to. Some people look forward to it more. Um, And the reason we started this list, the 500 list was not exclusively meant, at least when it was started, to be a men's list. However, in different years, it has been referred to as the top 500 men in the sport. Women have been ranked in the list um, throughout the years. But essentially, um, there wasn't the wealth of women's wrestling back in the early to mid-1990s that there is today. No one can can argue that. There were certainly some very exciting things going on, um, particularly in Japan. But uh, it would have been tough to compile a list of 500 women wrestlers back then. So it really just it wasn't a consideration. Um, And I can say that despite not being with the magazine at the time, I was too young. Um, but it just was not a consideration. Uh, 2008, that changed. So women's wrestling started to get a lot more prominent, not just because of what WWE was doing, but really, I mean, a lot of credit has to go to TNA's knockouts division at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to, you have uh, wrestling in Japan, but also on the independence uh, scene, you had Shimmer. Um, a lot of other places were starting to spring up where there was this just very athletic, scientific, uh, just classic women's wrestling. Um, mm-hmm. And there was there was no way to ignore that. I mean, it had to be acknowledged somehow. So the way that uh, PWI decided to do that was by creating this separate list, which was called at the time the Female 50, which was a, kind of an awkward name for it. Um, <laughs> regrettable in... in um, <laughs> Going for the alliteration, right? Exactly, yeah. Um, but <laughs> the list itself was great. I mean, it's, you know, uh, 50 the 50 top women in the sport of professional wrestling. 
Um, and over the years, I mean, that grew into a list of 100, and today it's known as the Women's 100. And I, I can tell you, um, and anyone who worked on this year's list can tell you, it was very hard to whittle that down to mm-hmm. 100 names this year. Most competitive list we've had to date, even really? during COVID-19, it has never been more difficult to uh, to cut off the rest of the names and say, you know, this is our 100 and there's not going to be anybody else. Tell us about the selection process. I, undoubtedly, very, very difficult. Um, tell us a bit about the selection process. How, how, what was your criteria, essentially? Right. So, I mean, I, a lot of times I'm tempted to describe this off the top of my head, but I'm just going to read it off the, the page because I can tell you what actually goes into it, but I, I would like to read the term. So if it sounds like I'm reading from a teleprompter, I am. <laughs> this particular <laughs> case. Fair. So championships won. But I'll, I'll elaborate on that and say it's not just championships. Uh, we consider things like, for example, tournaments, uh, winning a tournament or getting to the finals of a tournament. Right. We consider certain big, uh, big matches. So the Women's Royal Rumble is a, is a prominent example there. Uh, second criteria is quality of opposition. So uh, essentially, that's the people who these women have stepped into the ring with, defeated, or at least, you know, really uh, gone toe to toe with. The third is technical proficiency, which I think is pretty self-explanatory. That's in-ring ability. So that could be classic mat wrestling, aerial ability, power moves. I mean, it's all taken into consideration, but sure. the quality of the in-ring work from a, a technical standpoint. After that, win-loss records. So uh, we do put a lot of emphasis as a magazine that comes very much from the kayfabe era originally. I mm-hmm. mean, we still hold on to aspects of that and win-loss records uh, for better and worse, do figure heavily into a ranking. But one cool thing about that is it does recognize when someone has had a really good year and sometimes mm-hmm. even doesn't necessarily have a lot of championships to, to show for it, but they've won a lot of big matches and, and that should be recognized. Um, the next criteria for that is the overall activity. So we, if someone is more active, generally they're going to fare better on this list. Now this year it's a little bit, as it was with the PWI 500, a little bit different. Um, because you have COVID-19 limiting the participation of a lot of the wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have typically a minimum requirement of either 20 matches over the course of the 12-month period that we evaluate on okay. or competing in seven different months throughout that period because some places uh, just the, the people are not wrestling as often, but they'll wrestle these big matches periodically. Um, so we consider that if someone was on track clearly on track to complete the uh, activity requirement this time out. We were a little bit flexible with that again, because COVID-19 happened. Um, and then the final thing, which sort of feeds into the championships and the, uh, the win loss records is momentum and promotional push. So uh, that's if someone is prominent in a wrestling promotion, sure. but not necessarily always winning a match. So uh, it's, I'm actually having a hard time thinking about that. Uh, who would, epitomize this in this year's women's 100 but uh an example in the 500 list is someone like a baron corbin whose win-loss record is very poor but he's consistently one of the top uh heels in wwe so someone like that in the women's 100 could potentially qualify on those bases and and they have in the past but this year it's again so competitive that there was less of that and those are the criteria so Simple. Well, it's <laughs> simple, he says. Uh, and it's crazy because, you, 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 you know, you do mention the impact that COVID had on uh, had on your selections. But then at the same time, you'll tell you'll tell me, well, oh, this is the most competitive list we've ever had. So imagine 
if if those six to seven months that uh, that that are sort of lost now to to time, imagine if we had those as well to evaluate and then you know keep add that into the uh, into the thought process into the selection process would have been crazy. So before we get into into some reveals here. If you're watching this on YouTube right now, give the video a like, a thumbs up. That would be appreciated. Share it out. That's always cool. And if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast podcast application, thank you very much. Why don't you give it a review? I mean, you're sure, you're going to find something you're going to like here for sure. I'm pretty sure this is going to be a thumbs up video for you. Kevin, let's go right ahead. We're going to start talking about the top five women of, uh, of the... Uh, uh, of the list. And I think I'm just, I'm going to group them all together because there's a theme here. The top five, starting at number five. Let's go from, from there. Number five is Sasha Banks. Number four is Charlotte Flair. Number three, Asuka. Number two, Becky Lynch. And the number one women, woman, excuse me, of the top 100, PWI top 100, Bailey is at number one. Now, we can talk about all of these women individually, of course, and because they're all fantastic. But the we the glaring thing here, the theme, the top five is all WWE women. Kevin, how come? <laughs> I mean, WWE has done a great job, great job of promoting at least at the high end of the card. Uh, it's women wrestlers this year. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, there's no two ways about it. And I will say even last year, four out of the top five were WWE. So WWE has made some great strides in recent years. Uh, women competing in main event matches, big marquee matches, huge, just months long feuds. Um, and really, I mean, some of the best television period that WWE and any wrestling promotion has, has put forward. No, but I don't, I don't see how anybody from any kind of objective, standpoint could argue and i mean it, it would be hard to argue anything else was better really. and, and, and they've been running matches all year at the same time like exactly. wwe hasn't stopped right and and again we did give some flexibility with this but if you look at what wwe has done not only have these women and becky lynch who's at number two and I'm, we'll probably get a little more specific in the why people are where they are in the top five sure. um but her side and charlotte uh, toward the end of the, the evaluation period aside, the top five, they were all, when nothing else was going on, when a lot of wrestlers were not even coming to the tapings for, for various, you know, reasonable uh, justifications for that. Sure. They were, I mean, carrying the show. There's really no other way to put it. Re just entertaining week in, week out, putting on these amazing matches. You had three in particular out of this top five being Bailey, Sasha, and Asuka. I mean, essentially on all three brands and I mean, and Charlotte too, certainly too, before she, she stepped away for, for a break and that's, that's unreal. You don't see anybody else doing that. I mean, to the, to that kind of, uh, coverage and, and influence anywhere else in the wrestling business right now. And that, that's pretty amazing. It is amazing. Kind of like Bailey's year has been amazing. I don't think it's hard to argue Bailey at number one. My God, what a year she's had. She won the SmackDown title in uh, October 2019. She's held on to it since then. She's the longest uh, reigning 
uh, SmackDown uh, champion. She she and Sasha re-won the tag straps uh, this year. I mean, it's hot. And, and, and this, look, coming from a guy who was a complete Bailey Mark in NXT, where I was like, this is just like everyone would say, I bought into it. I was like, this is, you've got your female John Cena here, folks. People are just lapping her up. She, They love her. They decide to turn her heel. And I'm like, what is wrong with you people? But look at her doing the best work that she's done on main since being called up just this year. I mean, it's hard to argue uh, uh, Bailey at number one, right, Kevin? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. And I'm right with you there because I, someone who had been following Bailey's work, of course, for years. I mean, I, I was there when she won the NXT Women's Championship the first time. Amazing moment. Mm. And I was I was skeptical when she turned heel. I thought, ah, yeah. okay, that's that's interesting. Um, not that it could have never happened, but it, it seemed it seemed early um, to to do that because I thought she still had some ground left to cover as a, as a babyface, but has just been an incredible wrestling villain. And Sasha right there alongside her. And you know, despite her being ranked number five, and we'll get into Sasha more, I'm sure. Sure. Um, just, you know, had she held a championship the way Bailey had and been unquestionably kayfabe, for lack of a better word, the number one person on a roster, I mean, they would have been neck and neck from an entertainment standpoint, from a uh, being the focus of a promotion standpoint. Um, I think had we if there were one completely merged list this year and we were ranking everybody against everybody, I think Bailey would be right up there uh, potentially outranking, you know, a John Moxley. If we had one combined list, she has had just such an incredible year. And there was unlike with the 500, there was not a ton of debate, but there was a little bit of debate about who would be number one. Bailey was, there was really no pushback against that. Who else could have possibly been number one this year? Bailey. I mean, she had the title the entire time, the, the, tag title multiple occasions i she has just been incredible easy number one at number two we have becky lynch uh who uh, again had a great uh had a great start i mean she's she is who she is now but the man decided to go become the mom uh and uh relinquished her title to uh to oscar uh up at number two despite not being around all that much but i mean it's hard to uh Again, uh, her contributions are very, very clear, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, so I think one person had Becky continued to do what she was doing and had, you know, continued to be active at that level throughout the evaluation period, which just to reiterate here, it's, uh, October 1st, 2019 to September 30th, 2019. Um, had she stuck around the entire time? I mean, I think just by virtue of what she was doing, would have very much been in the, the mix for the number one spot. Um, but even still, she just had an incredible run through that time. She was the the most popular competitor on Raw. She had she never lost the women's title. She relinquished it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's a lot of credit to her. Um, yeah, there, were, there was a little bit of back and forth about, you know, should she stay there or should we maybe consider Charlotte or Asuka to be in that number two spot? But if you look at it on paper, the, the wins and losses... Um, particularly against those two competitors. I mean, she just consistently was beating those two um, and had a much longer title reign at that. So, I mean, if you add Asuka's tag title reign and her, her world title reign and you put those together, those are, that's a little bit different, but 
as it stood, I mean, a singles as a singles champion, as the face of a roster and a company, really hard to argue with Becky at number two. Oscar comes in at number three, as we mentioned. Uh, she's mm-hmm. done some fantastic work in this era as, uh, as well. Once WWE lost two of the four horsewomen, she re- she was put in that position and she's been delivering. She started delivering when uh, she was in her tag team with Kyrie Sane as the Kabuki Warriors with their insane Japanese promos. And she's just been an absolute delight. One of the MVPs really of the COVID era, if we're going to call it that, the performance center era of WWE. She's still currently the Raw Women's Champion as we're talking about this. Um, as we're recording this right now, yes, I mean, she's, she's been a part of what carried the, uh, the company to a degree. Absolutely. Um, and again, just ticks all the boxes. She certainly, you know, for, for a little while there as a, as a tag team champion, those, those titles have, have gained some prestige in recent months. Um, some people looked at it as a little bit of a demotion with her being a a tag wrestler. Mm. I mean, her rating suffered a little bit last year. But she, she and Kyrie really elevated those those belts. And then, uh, I mean, as you mentioned, the promos. I mean, I believe Al Castle mentions in his write-up for Asuka that just the intensity of her promos, you know, I mean, he doesn't understand a word of Japanese, but it's <laughs> just like they're just so intense and convincing. And you don't have to know what she's saying to, no. to understand what she's meaning. Um, so just very, very good. Um, after she regained the Women's Championship, we did have a discussion, okay, you know, does this, because we tentatively had her at number three, does she overtake Becky? But just a little bit too uh, too much on the wrong side of the, the 500 record in matches against Becky. But, I mean, real close. Real close. Charlotte Flair comes in at number four. Uh, so she had uh, the first part of the year, right up till WrestleMania, was... Uh, incredible. Uh, she would, like you mentioned earlier, she was all over the place. She was on every branch, was the NXT women's champion, uh, had a great match at WrestleMania. Um, who knows what would have happened if she would have stuck around as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, she was actually on the cover a couple of months ago for PWI. I mean, just on the, the basis of the incredible year that she'd had, um, and accomplished so much. And I think, had she stuck around a little bit longer, you know, again, she's right up there in the mix. And it's just, again, speaks so much to the the quality of competition in WWE yeah. that any other year she could have been a number one ranked wrestler based on this year. And, and she's number four. And, and it feels right because, again, it's so competitive. Sasha Banks is in at number five to round up our top five. Again, yes. you mentioned it a little earlier, uh, you know, had she held a title. I mean, she did hold a title, but the but the bank's curse continues on. Uh, she can't hang on to a singles title for the life of her. Uh, God bless her. But <laughs> I, I, that being said, I love Sasha. That's I, I just I love this idea that she's unable to hang on to a, to a single title. I think it's a it's a great long term story. That being said, if she had. Because she was doing, she was doing great work. I love heel Sasha Banks. She and Bailey played off of each other magnificently. They understand the value of long-term storytelling as well. All the little Easter eggs that they that they that they drop uh, as their angle proceeded. Because everyone knew that it was going to end with a fight between the two best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I I think it makes sense that she rounds up the top five. Yeah, absolutely. So I I should put this 
up front. I, uh, uh, Sasha Banks and PWI have a little bit of a tumultuous relationship, which I've alluded to in our newsletter, our email newsletter before, because we did not rank her number one in the 2014 or 2015 uh, list. Okay. Uh, Nikki Bella was number one that year because that was the year that Nikki Bella was just, you know, just huge. Sure. Um, personally, and I had zero say over the list that year. I was just a, a lowly contributing writer. I campaigned pretty hard for her to be number one on a personal level. Just one of my favorite wrestlers to watch. I you probably can't see it in the background. There's a little Sasha Banks figurine on my desk. Huge fan. So Sasha, if you're hearing this, uh, you know, <laughs> I hope one of these years we can we can put in the number one spot. But these criteria are, 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 you know, obviously it's we're we have a committee who's doing this and we're human beings and we have we interpret things the way we interpret it. So cases could always be made. But I, I think it would be hard to, to put her over Bailey uh, as being the number one this year, just simply based on the fact that she didn't hold on to that title, that she won it on a sort of a fluke count out just mm-hmm. from a storyline perspective. But as as an athlete as an entertaining presence. I mean, like there's almost nobody better than her in in the whole wrestling business. And, and you have a hard time again, arguing that. So I I think, you know, even within weeks of us putting this issue out and, and talking about this, you could very well see her be the champion again. And I think it's just a matter of time. It's really just how long they, they drag this out. But I will say, and this is a, a certainly a cheap plug here. Um, in the, in the next issue, the issue that, that we're, we're announcing right now, the women's 100 issue, there is the Achievement Awards ballot. So every year we have the year-end awards. Um, one of the top contenders for that has to be the Bailey-Sasha Banks feud for Feud of the Year. Sure. Um, and if you pick up the issue digitally or physically, you can vote on that. And these votes, I can tell you, like, we're legitimately sitting and tallying every single one. Stu Sachs did it last year. I was writing uh, the, doing the write-ups for it. And I, Stu, like, like, where are these talent? He said, the deadline didn't happen yet. You need to wait until, it looks like this person's going to be number one. And then by the time, you know, the voting actually closed, I wrote an entry for, uh, about this person was the first runner-up for no reason. Uh, because <laughs> we really do go that down to the wire and we really do count these votes. So um, I think, you know, Sasha Bailey feud has to be a strong favorite to be a feud of the year. Well, I mean, you know, not, not to spoil, t- I mean, not to spoil too much. We're, we're, we're on the verge here and I did get the chance to look, to look at the magazine. Your cover tells the story, the, co- the, the, the cover of the magazine. Can we, can we talk about it? Can we? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think when this is out, uh, the, we'll have also revealed the cover on Twitter. Um, and you can, again, go to our website. You can pre-order print copy, digital copies should be coming this morning. Uh, but yeah, the cover. Please, please go ahead. I cut you off. Because <laughs> uh, no, that, that's fine. I just wanted to make to make absolutely sure because we didn't talk yeah. about it beforehand. But yeah. the cover of the magazine is Sasha and Bailey sort of you know, at odds with each other in, in fighting poses. I mean, if that doesn't define, you know, WWE this year, I, right. I, honestly, Kevin, I don't think there was a better feud, a more interesting, compelling buildup, or even a, even before it became a full blown feud. The relationship. I don't think there was anyone that was more compelling, entertaining, consistently good, pouring out great matches than those two women and whoever they were fighting with. Absolutely. And, and I mean, and Bailey, we have a, uh, an interview with Bailey inside this issue, and she talks about that. I mean, it's no secret that these two are in real life. They're, they're very good friends. Um, and they've been on both sides of this. Uh, 
course, Bailey was the baby face in NXT and Sasha was this, you know, ruthless, mean heel. Mm-hmm. Um, and now the roles are reversed and they're just they're just knocking it out of the park. Um, and the pressure's kind of on because they had these two, actually their Iron their Iron Man match, the 30 minute Iron Man match from TakeOver in 2015 was the first women's match to be voted match of the year in the PWI Achievement Awards. The runner up that year was their match from TakeOver Brooklyn where Bailey won the title. <laughs> so, I mean, that is exceedingly rare for the same two wrestlers to be in the top position and the first runner up position. So the, it's, there's this, there's this pressure on them uh, to deliver again, but yeah, I mean, she, she talks about that pressure. She talks about just everything that's gone into this. And I mean, it's, it's, it was really cool to, uh, to, to see how she felt about this. So it's, uh, it's exciting. I, it's great to, uh, for us to cover it as journalists, but I mean, just as fans, I mean, yeah, it's great to, to sit back and watch it. I agree. Let's break out of the top five. Let's start. Uh, let's yeah. break down a little more the uh, the top ten. At number six, we have uh, AEW World's Women's Champion Hikaru Shida. Or at least, again, at the time of recording, she still is champion. Um, I, 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 it's hard uh, to argue. Uh, I really believe that uh, Shida is the best all around wrestler that they have in the company she won the uh the title at double or nothing last year against um well not last year i had double or nothing <laughs> against yeah. nyla rose uh mm-hmm. she's had a great run um had a, a fantastic defense uh at all out against uh thunder rosa as well uh makes natural sense to me that she ends up uh that she ends up so high up on the list as well yeah, I think without a doubt, she has had the best year overall for AEW's women's division. Um, the title reign, which now is is record setting, I guess it's it's overcome. I, I believe at the as of the end of the evaluation period, she had not eclipsed Riho, but she has now. Um, but certainly even before that, she was just putting on great matches, incredibly entertaining, charismatic, and I mean she's been doing this all year. If she ticks all the boxes technical ability mm-hmm. she's quality of composite competition uh qu- composition maybe she's uh, i know she plays piano maybe she's writing some songs as well so um, but quality of competition is certainly there she uh is i mean the win-loss record i mean the before she even beat nyla rose for that championship she just had this incredible i think she'd lost one match all year or something up to that point so i mean really just from all angles she deserves this spot I think, you know, in a scenario where a little bit more emphasis were placed on AEW's women's division, where these were main events more often, when these matches had a little more time on the card, I think you could have seen her in breaking up that dominance WWE had in the top five. But, I mean, again, no secret, AEW could do a little better promoting its its women's division, especially with the incredible talent they have there. Yeah. But it's, you know, it, it is a process. Um and I, I'm hopeful that this time next year we could see an AEW Women's Wrestler uh, breaking up WWE's dominance, dominance in the top five. Not because I have anything against WWE's women's division, but because I want to see new and exciting things happen. I don't want to have sure. the same list next year. Variety is yeah. good. Variety is good. Mixing things up. Mm-hmm. Tessa Blanchard is number seven. Yes. Um, I mean, she's had uh, she's had a fantastic year. If you want to take, you know, uh, as far as her wrestling accomplishments go she broke out of the knockouts division she's been fighting men uh throughout uh, the better part of the year had her uh legendary um win over sammy callahan 
at uh, Hard to Kill to become the first woman to hold the Impact uh, Championship. She's, uh, she defi- de- defended it once, then disappeared. It was... Uh, right. It, it was removed from her. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, look... Talk to us about Kevin. Uh, yes, Kevin. Talk to us about Tessa. We can talk about Kevin later, of course. But sure. uh, but talk to us about Tessa. She there's a, it's a balancing act as far as Tessa Blanchard goes, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I think had her year been had it proceeded on the way it seemed like it was going to go, she would have been up near. I mean, number seven is still great. Very. Good. I mean, especially considering. Uh, like you said, the, the, this anticlimactic ending to our run and impact, um, her capturing the heavyweight championship there was a huge deal. Even before that, she was competing in the X division. She was competing in the women's division. Um, she was competing, I believe, I believe her matches in Mexico that she, where she was faring well, were still within the evaluation period. If on the earlier side, um, some prominent indie appearances, she had the, the warrior women's, uh, warrior wrestling women's championship until recently, Um, but yeah, this, this whole thing where, I mean, her, her championship win was shrouded in controversy, controversy due to these allegations against her of, uh, bullying behavior and alleged racist behavior. Um, and then, you know, she still captured the championship, but her actual reign, uh, she had essentially one defense. And then, you know, part of this is certainly, uh, the COVID shutdown, but even before that, I mean, she had. She wasn't on TV defending the belt every week in the way that, say, Eddie Edwards just was. You right. know, so she, mm. so they, I think, they could have gone a long way by positioning her strong right afterward, just having her come out and be this fighting champion, as opposed to being in these tag matches and things like that. I understand the the wanting to build to something bigger, but that would have probably gone a long way. And then, of course, with her um, not being able to come to these terms with Impact at the end of her contract period, and then and then being stripped of the title that really does diminish the in-ring accomplishments. Um, which, which, you know, is a shame because uh, objectively I I know even despite her having this controversial year, it was a big moment for a lot of women wrestling fans to, to see this and, and it was inspirational nonetheless. So, um, a big statement by impact too, as far as absolutely uh, intergender wrestling goes, it was a big, big statement. And I think, you know, even now, I mean, uh, as, as we're discussing this, this week's impact hasn't aired yet, but uh, you had recently, you know, Jordan Grace is in the hunt for the X division championship. And, you know, it's to me, it shows they're willing to go to that. Well, again, um, Mm -hmm. which I think is great. I think breaking down these barriers makes a lot of sense. You already see it on the independent scene and you're going to see more of it near the top of the card. Um, But yeah, I, I think, you know, still number seven, is still pretty impressive. So that, that shouldn't be too much of a knock, but had things gone differently this year, yeah, she would have been higher, of course. Number eight is Riho, the diminutive huh? AEW women's champion, former AEW world's women's champion. Uh, she, um, I mean, she won, she, she was the first one straight out the bat at the first dynamite uh, against Nyla mm-hmm. Rose, held the title for a little over four months, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Again, this was one where uh, where travel was got very very strange. Uh, you know where 
yeah, she she held it for four months, but uh, you know, a lot of people were calling her Little Brock Lesnar because she right. was she wasn't around to to defend the title much. But uh, she did uh, she did win the title in a four way against Nyla, Sheeta, and Britt Baker. Um, she's had defenses against Emi Sakura, Statlander. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I I think as just within the accomplishment of being the first AEW World's Women, world women's championship i uh, mm -hmm. champion mm -hmm. uh i think it's a top 10 deal for sure yeah and i think the the, the circumstances under which she won that and it at, at the time even though um the division fell out of prominence it felt like a big deal when she won it um yes. i believe it was the main event of that show but if it wasn't technically the main event it at least had a, a good deal of time devoted to it so it felt like a big deal um of course she's back you know, in Japan now, and she's competing there, and she continued to compete there in the early part of the year before the shutdown. So that that has to be taken into consideration as well. Um, had she been around to defend the championship more, could she have been in the number six spot that Cheetah is? Possibly. But you could have also had some different things happen where she may have lost the title sooner, or maybe even, you know, Sheeta got her break sooner. Sure. Uh, we'll never know. Io Shirai is number nine, uh, you know, widely regarded. Uh, I know I know. In, in, in the magazine you say that uh, she's one of the best female talents on the NXT roster. There's a lot of people who just say she's one of the best talents in the world, male or female. Uh, and uh, she's uh, bested. She won against Tegan Knox, Dakota Kai. Um, she won a six-man, uh, a six-woman ladder match um, as well. Uh, like, she's had a an objectively... Very, very good year. Uh, mm -hmm. Tell us about the number nine spot for Ms., uh, Mrs. Evil. <laughs> so, I think had she worn the title for more of the evaluation period, had that win over Charlotte come a little earlier, for example, she could be a little bit higher. But she has been this cornerstone of NXT. And as you mentioned, it's not just great year for a female talent. I, I'm always a little bit hesitant when... That language comes across my desk as an editor, whether I keep it in or, or tweak it or what. But I oh, think it wasn't this, a knock, by the way. No, Kevin, no, no, you know, no. But, but I, but I do. I am conscious of that because it's. I mean, we just want to acknowledge greatness, but at the same time, she is. You know, just we're doing this women's 100 list, and a lot of the emphasis because this was created as a way to recognize women's wrestling, uh, especially where there's a lack of opportunity. Mm -hmm her position within one of the most prominent women's divisions in the world and how she has stood out and made it such a big deal. So I think in this particular case, absolutely. One of the best women's wrestlers in the world, one of the best wrestlers in the world period. Um, and she had a great year and I think she's going to, she's going to continue to do well. I would, if she keeps at the pace she's going now, I could see her easily being in the top 10 again next year. And rounding out our top 10 this year, Mayu Iwatani, which is yes. going to make a lot of my Joshi pals really, really happy. I mean, listen, uh, her her two, her year has been, just, it's a litany of accomplishments. Mm -hmm. Second run with the World of Stardom Championship. Uh, she's beat Jungle Kiona. She's beat, beat Momo, Kagetsu, beat Priestley. Um, I mean, it just goes on and on. It, it mm -hmm. goes on and on. And man, Mayu is such a centerpiece for stardom. By God, this woman can go. Uh, personally, I'm glad that she's that she's in the top ten. I think mm -hmm. it's a she highly deserves it, Kevin. Yeah, and I think this is another situation where I had 
the shutdown that occurred, the, the, the pandemic, you could have seen her be even higher. I mean, she was number 16 last year and then up to number, um, up to, uh, actually I had that wrong. She was number nine last year. So she was down slightly, but you have, um, the situation. No, I was right. Number 16. I misread my own, my own numbers that I have here in my notes, but she was, um, on pace to have this amazing year. And I think, you know, had she had the chance to have, you know, you could argue that she could have lost the championship. I think she would have held on to it. I mean, we've seen she's back in action now and she's retained the title since uh, the end of this evaluation period. But also she's traveled a lot in the past. Mm -hmm. You know, she's she's wrestled for Pro Wrestling E for Ring of Honor, all these different places where she conceivably could have gone again. And I think had even more influence uh, domestically in the in the United States. So I think given the shutdown and given everything else that happened for her to be in the top 10 is still very impressive. I agree. I agree. You know, when you look at the top 10, mm -hmm. you've got, uh, you've got four women out of the top 10 who mm -hmm. come from Joshi background. Yes. Right. Yeah. Mayu, Yavio, Hikaru Shida and Rio. That's, that's something, right? I mean, it's, it. Uh, oh, sure. A lot of them are making making their name on North American soil now, mm -hmm. but uh, it's really telling to I think to uh, the popularity. Maybe are we getting a little more acceptance of the Joshi style on our northern shores where we're used to seeing big meaty men hitting each other? I think I think absolutely. You have uh, on this list actually, and if you add Oscar to the mix, you have half of the top ten who sure. began careers in Japan. So. Um, it's, yeah, I think there's this acceptance, but also growing influence and this, this recognition that you have all these wrestlers in the United States, uh, who may be American born, maybe they were from the UK or Australia who they've taken so much influence and so much stylistically from, from this Joshi wrestling scene. Um, and I think you're going to continue to see that. I think you're going to see more people be signed by these big American promotions, by WWE, by AEW. But I think you're also going to see the growth of these promotions internationally. I mean, you have Stardom, which under the uh, same banner as New Japan, you know, so there can be a lot of cross promotion there. There's already been a limited amount of it. Mm -hmm. And then you have uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro and uh, Japan as well, which under the same banner as Pro Wrestling Noah and DDT. So you have this this opportunity for fans to see these these wrestlers that they might not have before, thanks to these streaming platforms and these big events that are held internationally. And I, just as a fan of wrestling, it's, re it's really cool to have this expansion. And years ago, the, the kind of thing you could only really see if you were a tape trader, you know? Right, and yeah, exactly. It's, so, it's so accessible now. And I, I mean, I think that's good for everybody and most of all the fans. Um, if we talk about a few other standards, we're not going to go through the entire list, of course, you know, we'll be here all day. Yeah. We'll be, well, yeah, exactly. But you know, there are a couple of things, a couple of standouts, uh, uh NWA, right. Despite again, the company in itself having a, a, a bizarre year because of COVID let's that's putting it mildly. Um, two of the women broke the, bro, excuse me, broke out, uh, broke into the top 25. That's what I'm trying to say. Thunder Rosa at number 14 and Allison K at 20, uh, at 25. He, interesting fact. Thunder Rosa was at 97 last year. Yeah. Kevin, talk about a, <laughs> talk about an ascension. My God. 
so I think there's a couple of things at work there. Um, the first is that she's just had this amazing year and she's broken out with the NWA Women's Championship with these appearances on AEW, which, which were very late in the evaluation period. She was slated to do well even before that. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, that just solidified it. So you have that. You have her growing influence, um, her, her big wins. I mean, she also... Tokyo Joshi uh, International Princess Championship until recently as well. And I mean, she was stripped of it because she can't travel to uh, Japan to defend it. But um, it is in part a testament to her accomplishments this year. But I mean, it's also just we're looking at the list a little bit differently. Um, this list was really the baby of Dan Murphy, who was a senior writer with PWI for two decades. Um, some great innovations, including again, coming up with this list and executing it every single year. Um, I didn't always agree with Dan on everything. As I mentioned, you know, the, uh, the Nikki Bell of Sasha Banks debacle of a few years back, but I understood why he made the choices that he did. I still think in the case of Thunder Rosa, she was a little too low last year. I mean, she should have, in my opinion, at least been in the top 50. Um, and that, that would be, I'd probably have her a little higher than that, but um, this year we had not, I mean, and this is a testament to the work that Dan did because he was doing this all more or less by himself. Um, and we had to assemble a committee this year because I, I didn't want any one person being burdened with making the wrong or right choices. So, um, we invited, we have Al Castle, who's a senior writer for, for PWI and host of the PWI podcast, cheap plug. Um, we invited Pat LaProd, who was the co-writer of Sisterhood of the Squared Circle with Dan Murphy and has, has done loads of other things. He helps us with our weekly women's ratings, which are also printed as the uh, monthly women's ratings in our magazine. Um, we invited Kristen Ashley, who you know, um, and she is with Bell to Bell. She is the co-founder of that site and just does some amazing work over there. Um, and she offered her services when uh, we were talking about the role of gender in the, the PWI 500 and the women's 100. She said, I want to help with this somehow. What can I do? And I said, you know, I was beforehand, even, even before you mentioned that, I was thinking we need to get some new blood in here to, uh, to help out these ratings. And I think you'd be great for it. And she, she was, has been incredibly enthusiastic. Uh, I'm sure we're going to talk more about the work she specifically has been doing before this interview is over because it's, well, I, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil too much yet. Um, and then we also had Andrea Hanks, who is, editor over for pro wrestling over at sports Kita uh, has worked with a lot of different websites and has you know, recently started working with PWI. Even prior to this, she uh, contributed to our 500 list, writing up some of the bios for that. So, you know, the five of us got together I mean, we burned the midnight oil and we actually completed the first draft of this list. Emphasis on first draft. It had to be revised <laughs> yep, yep. a few times uh, in a single night. Um, and then, you know, as things occurred in, in the weeks after that and changes happened, I mean, we shuffled around the rankings a little bit. But by the time we met, I mean, it really was at least pretty clear where things were going. Um, and it was it was a process, but it was, it was a great one. And I'm, I'm really grateful to the whole committee uh, for for getting together and assisting with that and then for their work and writing the entries afterwards. So it's it's was really uh, an experience. And I, I realized I forget wh where we even started with this. So did, did this start with, the, oh, Thunder Rosa. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, all of us agreed that she was robbed last year, essentially. But mm -hmm. then on top of that, she, uh, you know, has just done so much this year. And I think, you know, Allison Kay, who has been 
um, a staple of the list going back many years, just had an incredible year as well, both in NWA and outside of it on the independent circuit. And both are very deserving of being in the top 25. Um, we, I, we've been talking a lot about WWE women, of course, and so on and so forth. And, you know, outside of Tessa, we haven't talked much about impact women, but don't worry. They're there. There's a lot of them. Uh, and, uh, some, I, I think the story here is how much a lot of them have risen in the ranks. Jordan Grace is up, uh, to number 12 from 26 last year. Kimberly, uh, was at 90. Uh, last year. She's at 19 this year. Deanna is at 30. She didn't wrestle for most of the year. Kylie Ray's at 19. I mean, there's a, it, it, it's it, it, the, the, um, the impact women's division is uh, to me is a, it, it always feels like a group effort and it mm -hmm. seems to come across here as well in the rankings. All the women are, have, have risen in the ranks. They're all following each other. Like I didn't even mention Taya, but you know, I was just about to say she'll be upset. So let's let's get yeah, there. Sorry, Taya. Number 17. Number 17. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I agree. I have said previously, and, I, and I'll, I'll say it again, I, I don't think there is a televised wrestling promotion in the U.S., in, in North America right now, that has a stronger women's division overall than Impact. And just the fact that there's only one Impact wrestler who has now left the company in the top 10 really only says so much about WWE's prominence and what a great job they did locking up those top five spots because you could just as easily look at any of these impact wrestlers who have had these great years and, and slot them up pretty high as well. And I, mm -hmm. I, I think in the absence of WWE presenting its women's titles as, as the centerpiece of the show for all those months, you would have seen a few more of the, the knockouts in the, in the top 10. So I mean, kudos to them. And I think you're just going to see them continue to fare really well in this list every year. I agree. I agree. Um, the, uh, we, we were talking about it before coming on the air. Uh, the number 50 spot is basically the halfway spot. The, 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 the moment that you're sort of like, well, the top 50 is considered like the elite for lack of a better word. Uh, and, uh, number 50 is Laney Luck who cracks in right there. Uh, I, I mean, this, this is a, this is a woman who I feel like throughout, throughout the evaluation period, her stock has just been rising. Uh, I think she's been, uh, she's been wrestling around more and more, uh, currently again, at the time of recording, Zello Pro women's champion. Uh, she's, uh, she's, she's just been working so much, so hard. I, I'm not surprised that she cracked the, the top 50 and she might even be higher next year. Yeah, I think so. I mean, this is really, again, an unconventional year. Um, she was sidelined for a few months and unlike some of the other women on this list, she didn't have uh, so many opportunities to go and compete in, you know, undercard matches on, on, I, I don't believe she had anything on AEW dark, but if she did, it was early. Um, Whereas some of the other the independent women on this list had a few more mm -hmm. of those opportunities, but she just did so much before then. And then again, since uh, wrestling has started to resume on the independent scene. And I mean, on top of, we do place more emphasis for the purpose of this list on women's titles, but it's also worth noting she won the, the free freelance uh, underground independent title. And I believe still has that as well. I, I, I believe so. retained it over, over the weekend at the collective, um, which is, you know, that's, anybody can compete for that. That's, that's all genders title. Um, so 
she's been a really big deal on the Midwest independent circuit. And increasingly, uh, people are getting to know her name nationally and internationally. And I think, you know, her stock's going to keep going up. I'd be surprised if she was not also in the top 50 next year. A shocker for me this year, Kevin, not going to lie. Priscilla Kelly is charting at number 38, but for the first time on the list, Kevin. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, again, this is a a situation where there are 100 spots. Um, We try our best to get this right. We don't always get it right. Um, But yeah, that was, that was, that was surprising to me too. I thought for sure she would have been on the list at some point in the past. And I, Mm -hmm. Um, I believe in, uh, preparation for some of the, the, the ancillary projects that I, I keep teasing that, uh, that, We're that Kristen there. Ashley has been <laughs> We're getting there. on hard at work on and, and you've could assist with as well. Um, at, at Kristen Ashley asked me, is this Priscilla Kelly's first year? Is she ranked before? I can't find any record of it. And I said, surely she must've ranked some, but off the top of my head, I don't know. So let me look into it and, you know, sure enough, she hasn't been on the list before. Um, I will say this is her, this is her biggest year so far. She's a lot more prominent. I mean, last year she was viral, um, uh, viral sensation, but as far as like in ring and accomplishments and I mean, she just, I I don't know if you saw that match that she had on primetime live a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. with Thunder Rosa. It was incredible. Mm -hmm. One of the best matches I saw all year. Um, and she's just, she's, uh, yeah, I, no excuses for her not being on before this. No, but, I mean, but she's she, here now, and she's been on AEW. <laughs> she had that. Uh, she had yeah. the the uh, the uh, that angle on uh, MLW with uh, the, the Spider Lady. Yeah, angle. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah, she's she's done a lot. So I'm 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 glad to see her there. But you know, I mean, again, I don't want to take you to task here, Kevin. No, go ahead, please. But it's the only way we learn. Listen, 38 women on the list this year who weren't. Uh, who who are charting for the first time. 38, okay? And again, I'm not going to run down the entire list, okay? I'm Because there's... Is it 38 for the first time or just 38 who did not chart last year? 38 who didn't chart last year. But okay. I mean, look, we've got... Look, you got Big Swole. You got Faye Jackson. You have uh, uh, Julia. You have... Which I'm sure, again, a lot of people are going to be happy to hear. Uh, Session Moth Martina, Kevin. I mean, this, those are just a few. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. Defend this. <laughs> I cannot. I, I swear. So I, I know for a fact, at least a couple of the women who you just listed have not been on the list at all, period. Uh, I think a couple others have ranked in the past, but didn't last year. But even then, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of perplexing. I am sure that Dan Murphy had good reasons for it at the time, not to bury him. Um <laughs> But I mean, you look at this next year, people are going to say, well, why wasn't so-and-so on the list? I'm even already looking at it. I'm like, why wasn't this person on the list? And, and, and you know what, there, there will be validity to that. And I think if, if we were to have Dan on right now, what he would say is, well, who would you take off the list to put this person on there? And ultimately when we had to cut this off at a (laughs) hundred, because we could list honorable mentions all day and there are plenty of people who deserve it, but you know, who do we cut to, uh, to, to make room for those people. And that that's, that's honestly it. And it's not, it's not a knock against anybody's work to not be on this list. It's uh, I understand why people feel upset or disrespected by it, but it's certainly not our intention. Uh, we're just trying to honor those who have done well. And 
I mean, we're doing our best, folks. So. Sure. Of course. No, of course. I, you know, I was you know, just joking around, of course, because I, I, I can I can I I don't think I could pull this stuff off. I don't think I could I, I could I could sit down and, and come up with a, a top 100 list. And that being said, I mean, on the flip side, you can you can look at this in another in another way as well. Look at how look at how rich the the uh, the world of women's wrestling is right now look how thriving it is if we're at a position where we're like my god why wasn't uh why wasn't uh, uh um, why wasn't killer kelly on the list last year if we, if this is what we're doing now to me that's a good sign that's a very 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 good sign and it's very and um you know maybe eventually you'll have to do a 200 for the women or or a 500 Right. Yeah. And I mean, and that, that to me is one of the, and, and we're still considering this idea of, well, why isn't it just one list? Because you can evaluate people side by side based on saying this person had a good year, this person had a good year, right? Yeah. Already we're cutting so many people out of the 100 for the women's list. We're cutting so many people out of the 500 for the other list. And it's, it's just getting more and more competitive. When they first started this list, the PWI 500, uh, Never for 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 a second. Never mind the 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 female fifty list, the original one, because I'm not sure how how difficult Dan Murphy felt that to compile. But I do know that the original PWI 500, there were some wrestlers on there who weren't even competing anymore. I mean, they had a hard time filling out that list. Right. And today, I mean, there are some people who are never going to get ranked on it who have, who put out great work. Um, and you know that's not meant to be disrespectful. It's just that there are so many great wrestlers out there. there um, really are. And and I think it says a lot about the quality of women's wrestling out there and the perception uh, among fans of women's wrestling, which is in part credit, like promotions are finally saying, hey, you know, what? we're going to present this respectfully and as important in the way that we, sh- we should have been doing this entire time. But then, I mean, really, it's that the women are so great and that they're undeniable and you can't you can't keep them down. So, so it exactly. It's a good indication. It's a good indication of what's to come. Couldn't agree more. So we talked about it. We've got a couple of. Uh, I mean, the, so the magazine is coming out. The, the you can start your, the uh, the digital uh, issue will be released today at some point. Uh, you'll even be able to pre-order uh, your own copy of the print edition as well. So that's exciting. Um, and uh, where exactly can people start picking this up, Kevin? So uh, best thing to do would be to head over to pwi-online.com. Uh, we'll have the link. Actually, when this goes up, we'll have the pre-order link for the issue. We'll also be sharing links on our Twitter account and our Facebook account. Uh, Twitter is at official PWI. The Facebook handle is longer and it's, uh, it's actually escaping me, which is terrible, but you can search for it and you'll find it pro wrestling illustrated. Um, and we'll have the links to purchase the digital edition. As soon as it's available, we'll have the print pre-order link as well. So I would say PWI hyphen online.com, or you can click over to us on social media and we'll have everything you need right there. And, uh, and we, uh, I'm very thrilled this year because yes, we get, we did get to do the reveal here on the mm-hmm. show and that's very, very exciting. And I can't thank you enough, Kevin, for agreeing to do this. It was a great partnership. And I mean, this partnership went on a little further as well. Cause, uh, sure as we mentioned, uh, Kristen Ashley, uh, Kristen Ashley over at bell to bells, who was on the committee also, uh, managed to get, 
a bunch of interviews with uh, with over 20 women who ranked this year on the list. I was even able to collaborate on a few uh, for for some video and audio interviews as well. We've got some uh, written interviews. I'm very, very proud to have been part of this uh, of this whole project. So keep an eye over on beltabells.com. That's B-E-L-L-T-O-B-E-L-L. Wait, what am I? What am I? B e double l t o b e double l e s. I keep. I don't know why it slipped my mind. I think it's j e double f j a double i. We're gonna break into song in a minute here, um, but uh, yeah, head on over there or follow uh, follow Bell, Bell to Bells on Twitter, and of course you can keep an eye out on my my own account here uh, because uh, because I'll be tweeting that stuff out. But it's all going to be happening over on Bell to Bells. Got some exciting stuff. I don't want to spoil who we who we've got coming because there's some nice surprises coming up. But I can tell you this much: first interview that we're going to release was Session Moth Martina, and what a delight it was! It was a great interview. Hope would you guys you describe, check it out. Would you describe it as bands? Uh, no, no, it wasn't. It I can't. It did not achieve bands level, but <laughs> but it was wonderful. It was wonderful to talk to her nonetheless. It was great. That'll be the first interview available on Bell to Bell. So you might as well just head on over to the YouTube channel and subscribe or find it on your favorite podcast application as well. Uh, and I really do appreciate uh, tremendously having the opportunity to be the uh, to be the launch pad for this, Kevin, this morning. Uh, can't tell you how much it means to me. This is a great project. It means a lot to me. You know, listeners of the Mr. Warren Hayes show know I have a I have a soft spot for women's wrestling. So this is all natural, and I'm very very proud to have been able to uh, to start off start off the festivities for the uh, for the women's 100 this year. Thank you very much. Thank you and, for having me. And no, well, there's the other thing. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to come and talk about it as well, Kevin. Um, uh, you, you, y'all heard where to uh, where to get the magazine, the digital copy, the print one. Just go out there and get it. It's going to be a big deal. There's, of course, all sorts of articles in there as well. It's not just a list. It's a full-blown magazine. All sorts of great stuff there. So make sure you check that out. And I want to thank everyone, uh, everyone for watching this morning. If you tuned in, uh, if you tuned in here on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes, or if you're listening on your podcast app, thank you so much. Go out there, talk about it. Let us know in the comments. Who do you think should have, should have ranked or uh, higher, lower? Let us know. Let's have a discussion. Just keep it, keep it civil. Just, just for fun. Kevin, thank you again for joining me this this morning. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>